0: But it's also to help you become the best damn agency CEO possible. And I believe the best damn agency CEO knows how to run and scale an agency, but also knows how to live life really well. So not just caring about the business, but caring about your community, your friends, your family, being a good father, being a good husband, also being a very good, actively, uh, aggressively growing agency owner. Um, That's what I care about.
1: Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Kopp, and on this podcast, I talk with entrepreneurs and industry professionals about the challenges and the wins in their business. See the vision, drive the future. All right, welcome to episode 20 of the Future Driven podcast. I'm super excited to have Joey Gilkey. Joey, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we were we were just chat, chatting offline about uh, our backgrounds and I got to give it to you, man. Your, your one's pretty solid and you got to <laughs> change your colors. And uh, so, uh, no, it's good, man. I uh, really appreciate you showing up and, and stepping up your game as always. So, you know, uh, sales-driven agency, uh, we connected a couple of years ago. Uh, I've talked to you about a couple of different things. I feel like we Uh, my agency could be uh, beneficial uh, with yours um, when we get there. And I want to talk about today, but in general, give us a little bit of a background, how you got to today. What's your career been like? You know, what drove you to before you started uh, your own agency?
0: Yeah, totally. So I uh, actually started off in the nonprofit world, believe it or not, after college. So I jumped in, Uh, I worked for a nonprofit um, in San Diego. As uh, where, where I met my wife. And then once we met, moved to Tennessee, continued in a nonprofit capacity for about a year. After that, I got into the corporate world. So naturally being a nonprofit, raising funds. I'm naturally a salesperson. Get to know a lot of people, networking and raising capital for the nonprofit. Then guess what? People offer you jobs left and right. So, so getting an offer to go to a a Fortune 100 company um, in a kind of like a sales slash IT recruiting world. So um, companies called Tech Systems. And uh, what happened when I got there was my natural traits and skill sets kind of through raising funds kind of elevated me in the company pretty quickly. And so I ended up getting handed a lot more responsibility than I probably deserved, which was uh, to help build out the Southeastern division for a new expansion in tech systems, which was going from an IT recruiting to helping with global IT services in the healthcare sector. So sounds more sexy than it was, but I got to help build a 115-person sales team. Got to have a budget with a lot of zeros at the end, um, which was interesting. And uh, But the downside was in the corporate world, you don't get to flap your wings a whole lot. You don't get to express your innovative, visionary type of... Um, you know, genes that you have, right? So my natural tendency is as a visionary to think creatively, be a creative problem solver. There's a lot of guardrails and, and red tape in corporate. So I ended up leaving because of that. Um, got poached by a local small consulting firm that did a risk management consulting, took over as VP of sales there. Um, ended up building that from about one and a half million to nine and a half million in 18 months. Uh, got poached to then be the VP of sales of a digital marketing agency. Uh, hubspot agency if people are familiar with the hubspot platform uh, had very similar results there building out the sales operation from scratch and then i thought huh i'm making these guys a lot of money and i'm not seeing nearly as much as they are so maybe i should try my hand at starting my own thing and so i didn't grow up being like the guy who sold lemonade and bubble gum i didn't grow up entrepreneurial necessarily i grew up in a super blue collar family um but i've always been super competitive and so that kind of got my competitive juices going and said what do i want to do first natural inclination was to start an agency because i knew how to build how to sell agency services but what i didn't know how to do was deliver agency services that i sold so (laughs) learned pretty quick i don't love running an agency i just love selling for agencies and so i built a company called tribe um since then exited tribe and tribe is essentially an outsourced sales agency so agencies and high ticket companies would hire us we would essentially be an outsourced sales department And then uh, when I finished that, got bored, decided to build out a consulting firm, which is now a sales driven agency. So what we do in a nutshell, all that long winded story to say, uh, I build sales operations. So I take my experience from corporate world where I had all the budget in the world and all the experience that I got probably too early and then took it to the small business world where I got to be VP of sales at two companies. And now I work with hundreds of agencies, help them build out their sales operation. So, their processes, their people help hire and train and manage salespeople, and then the technology that kind of lives underneath all of that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what year was it that you um, started Tribe? Because Tribe was your first uh, company, correct? Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I've been what? doing my own things for five years now. So, the time when I left corporate, uh, to when I started Try was about two and a half, three years uh, after corporate, took those other two jobs in between, about 18 months at each one. Yep. And then I started Try about five years ago, uh, exited that about two uh, two years ago, and then I've been doing sales-driven agency since then.
1: Okay, so let's dive a little bit into your model at sales, sales-driven agency. So you're not an agency, like you mentioned, delivering agency services, but you're helping other agencies like mine deliver an outsourced sales model so that we do not have to have in-house sales. Correct. That's
0: what, that's actually what tribe was before. So that's the company I sold. Okay. company I do now actually builds the operation in the agency. The the big problem that I found with tribe before actually getting out of it um, was that we couldn't handle the whole sales process. Right. And and honestly, no matter how well we did at tribe, there would always be this disconnect between how well we did and the sales operation that existed in the agency. So I could serve up these amazing deals and they'd still fall through the crack because they didn't have an infrastructure to handle deals. or they didn't have a good process. And so that was actually what birthed the idea of sales driven agency, which was, hey, instead of having the unstable version of you outsourcing sales and trying to close deals that someone else is serving up for you, why not build that infrastructure so that you can sustainably, predictably, and scalably grow your agency? Why don't we build it inside of your business instead? So that's what we do now. So our services is done for you in the sense that we come in, and I somewhat act as your fractional VP of sales for about six months while we're building out the infrastructure. And then the way I explain it is we build the car, teach you to drive it, I hand you the keys and I walk away.
1: Okay. What size companies uh, is a good uh, fit for you guys? How many people? What's the revenue look like? Yeah, so people are somewhat, uh,
0: isn't really, it's, it's somewhat of a moot point for us. I would say revenue wise, typically just because of what we charge is, I would say a million dollars would be a low end for our consulting services. Uh, typical client is probably an agency doing between three and 15 million, give or take is is kind of the range where we see where we have the most impact. They also have enough money to pour on because there, there's our fees, but then there's also the fees of hiring salespeople and the technology stack that we build out. So it's, there's some fees that are ours, but then there's also fees that you're going to incur by just building the operation.
1: Right. And any particular industries or uh, uh, I guess styles like, that you guys uh, find is good. So we eat? we work
0: predominantly with digital agencies almost exclusively. And so yeah, we have some, professional service companies like um, uh, cloud-based bookkeeping companies. That's more like your fractional CFO type of model. We have those clients, but as a whole, we work with agencies. So people who are outsourcing high ticket marketing services, or they are an outsourced high ticket marketing service. So bigger companies, uh, we, we prefer to work with digital marketing agencies that work in the S and B space. So Uh, You guys would be a good example, but an agency who's doing either full service marketing or they're very specialized and maybe they just do PPC or maybe they just do SEO, maybe they just do content marketing, whatever it might be. Um, And they do it in the SMB market for the most part. The mid market is kind of our sweet spot. Deal sizes ranging from 40,000 to 500,000.
1: Okay. And uh, you also have... I'm going to butcher masterminds, workshops. Tell me a little bit more about that. We had emailed. Yeah, so
0: so I run the Best Damn Agency Mastermind. That's what it's called. Uh, So it's called that because we are owning that, which is um, I believe that I'm building the most elite group of seven and eight figure digital agency CEOs uh, that come together, that want to be accountable to one another, that want to sharpen the ax, add tools to the tool belt, uh, and they want to have a hell of a lot of fun. So my goal is to help you build the best M agency possible, but it's also to help you become the best M agency CEO possible. And I believe the best AM agency CEO knows how to run and scale an agency, but also knows how to live life really well. So not just caring about the business, but caring about your community, your friends, your family, being a good father, being a good husband, also being a very good, actively, uh, aggressively growing agency owner. Um, that's what I care about. And so we have this mastermind right now we just finished up filling up the founding members crew, which is our first 20 agency CEOs, um, all of which are doing seven or eight figures collectively, the 20 you're doing about 105 million. Um, so we're over the nine figure point with um, the revenue from all 20 agencies. Nice. And uh, it's it's incredible. Yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun already. Um, I actually have a we do big, we call them anti retreats. So yep. the whole The joke behind the anti-retreat is it's basically a retreat but i hate the thought of a retreat because it means you're kind of retreating from the things in your life that that you deal with on a regular basis the things that matter the most right family business etc right i like to say it's an anti-retreat where yes we're changing location and getting you out of your norm but your goal is to go change location so that you can invest more in those things and become better when you get back so that's just my spin
1: we, weekly calls, uh, experience based every kind of quarter. what's the form? Yeah.
0: So we, we do two really big experiences a year um, that are in person. We do one kind of more, we'll probably do two, but one for this year because of COVID. Uh, we'll do one other in person that's more mundane, which is more, uh, we're going to go to like Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be more training and in, in person workshops. So we'll do fun stuff, but it's not going to be nearly as. Our one in Scott's still coming up in September is insane. I mean, picture like, ATVs and dune buggies through desert trails, golfing yep. TPC Scottsdale, casino nights in front of the pool, living in a 40 person or a four sleeps 40 mansion for four nights. Um, that's that's more of the experience twice a year. And then we have the more mundane trainings twice, twice a year as well. Um, but then the month to month experience is more, it's virtual um, yep. and we do an all hands CEO meeting, which is um, like this past one, I did one uh, on yesterday. I trained yesterday, but I'm going to have some big, heavy hitters coming in every month to train on a specific thing. So like we have Roland Frazier, who's big in the mergers and acquisitions space. He was an owner in Traffic and Conversion Summit. He's an owner in digitalmarketer.com. Uh, he's been a part of, he's had 24 exits. He's going to come talk about mergers and acquisitions, how to grow your agency through acquiring other businesses or how to position your business to be acquired. So we do those once a month, and then we do what we call roundtables once a month, which is more or less like hot seats where um, we're going to have smaller groups. So even if the group has 60 people in it, you're going to have groups of 15 where we're getting together and and we're doing hot seats where we're working on each other's business on a regular basis. And then you have like the 24-7 stuff, like the Slack channel where everyone's in. Dump your questions in. People chime in and, and answer things on the fly. It's just a way of being accountable. It's a way of sharpening the tool belt or sharpening the sword. But it's also a way of uh, cutting corners in, in a sense. You're learning from 20 other people who are either at your level or above.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm a part of a group like that right now, uh called Ford Led Forge Legend. And uh nice. very similar quarterly events, weekly calls, um, access. There's an app. I mean, there's there's a whole five awesome. principles. There's it's it's a I've been doing it for over a year and it's a massive impact on me personally and my business so i i i think that's a great value and, and i like that yours is specific to agency which obviously yep. does the business
0: yeah we've, it's fun man it's creating that experience creating that bond we have a manifesto uh you know that we that we uh we don't read it every time but it's one of those things that we yeah. we point to a lot it's uh it's kind of a fun one everyone when they join they they get this oak this um custom-made oak box with these leather handles when they open it up, it's got um, it's got our manifesto etched and burned into the box. It's got our logo, the Best Damn Agency Mastermind logo, and then it comes with this custom uh, bourbon bottle from a, a distillery in Louisville, Kentucky, where my mastermind director lives. That has our our label on it. And they get these custom glasses. So this we're all about the experience. We're all about creating that that environment, you know, with creativity and fun, and but also we're getting shit done.
1: Well, it's, those are that. those are a lot of work to pull off. So uh, it, it's it, it comes with a price point, which which makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and but the impact, the in, you know, the accountability is awesome. Uh, but then the in-person experiences, I think is what changes the game because you connect with other owners and, and, you know, guys like yourself, I think is massive. So that's really cool. So this is the first time you're doing it. This is the first, uh, this is
0: our first anti retreat in September. We just launched the founding members last month. Um, we also, I didn't mention this, but we also do every 60 days, they get one-on-ones with me. Yep. Um, and so that's where we just dive deep into their business specifically with me and, and, and that's been an awesome little value add for some folks. And then the other unique part about the mastermind is if you have sales, so my background is obviously sales. Yep. Sales for agencies. If you have any salespeople, they get to be in a sub mastermind automatically for free as part of your membership where uh, me and my team are training them on a monthly basis. And they also get their own Slack channel where they can share campaigns and you know talk about objection handling together. And it's just a, a place where you can talk with other agency owners or other agency salespeople selling agency services. And it just, again, it accelerates. Because um, a lot of agencies have like one, two, maybe four salespeople it's not very big but when you have a mastermind of 60 of them you know you get to kind of learn from a lot of people very fast and that's kind of my goal with the mastermind but it's also my goal with the sub mastermind with the with the sales too
1: cool no i like that and so to go along you got the best damn agency podcast as well so that's the mm-hmm. uh, the content that you're putting out there how long have you been yeah, doing
0: man. that so that we're about we're about 32 episodes recorded um but we've only published, I think 16. So we're on a schedule of once a week right now. So it's really only been published for about four months. Um, now it's, it's, it's taken off quite a bit. I think it's taken off because, um, I'm really authentically me in those things. So I'm a little bit, uh, I'm very candid. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I'm not afraid to cuss on my podcast. I'm not afraid to joke. I'm not afraid to talk about you know, uh, politically incorrect topics, um, but it's fun, and I pull a lot of wisdom out, out of out of my guests because, I, like you, I don't I don't come in with a script of like, here's all the questions I want to ask. I go in with virtually no agenda, yep. and I let the conversation be organic, which is natural for me. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, and it's also very specific to growing an agency. Yeah, and so it's it's niche, which means when the right people hear about it, it travels pretty fast, and so we've. You know, we're we're working now on the 500 to 1,000 downloads an episode um, at this point, which is, you know, a little bit faster than I anticipated. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've learned to, I started my podcast. We actually talked about this before the podcast, this podcast together. I started it and called it the Growth Driven Agency Podcast. And uh, I did start it with, I'm going to ask these eight questions to every guest and blah, blah, blah. Yep. It was so draining for me. It wasn't fun. It wasn't me. I was more buttoned up and just trying to like, do what everyone else is doing. And, and I finally realized like, if I do what everyone else is doing, I'm never gonna be number one. So I'm always gonna be copying somebody. But if I can just be authentically me, I'm gonna be number one at being me. And there's gonna be the people who want me for me, and they want my content for my content. And I'm gonna be number one to them, and I'm gonna build my loyal tribe. And that the moment I did that, it, it turned over pretty quickly. Nice man. Are seeing a massive increase in listenership and sharing, and also a massive increase in haters, which I like to. I don't <laughs> mind a hater.
1: Well, let's. Uh, you, talk, you just talked a little bit about it, but I want to know a little bit more about your style. So, obviously, I know we're going to what, what style you're going to deliver. You know, when you got people coming to your mastermind and everything. But what's your? You know, what's the style that you've developed? You're the, you're the sales guy, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. but what is it that you know? Everybody's got this stigma about sales. that, you know, it's either pushy or it's just trying too hard, you know, how do you blend that marketing and sales into one experience that makes people kind of, you know, come over the finish line?
0: Yeah. So for me, I'm a, I'm a big, I call myself, I have a more challenger personality. Like I, I am never afraid to challenge someone if I think it's for their benefit. Now I'm never going to be a, well, I shouldn't say never. I'm going to try not to ever be a dick. Um, but my goal is always to benefit someone, and sometimes that takes tough love. And so I'm not, I'm not the salesy, pushy, hardcore closer type, like you hear those, you know, the Grant Cardones of the world, things of that nature. Like, that's cool. Like, that, that is a, a lane to run down, but it's just not my lane. Um, but when I say challenger, what I really mean is I want to challenge the way my buyers think. Um, sometimes people buy, agency is a great example. Some people buy agency services based off of price. I want to get the best deal I want to pay the, the least amount and get the best results, et cetera. Right. And it's just the wrong way of thinking. And so you have to sometimes educate a potential buyer, a prospect, a lead. You have to educate them. And that sometimes means challenging the way they've thought or ch- challenge the way they've bought services in the past. Um, and I think I actually learned that from my time in the risk management consulting firm when I left corporate and went to the small biz world was because risk management consulting and, and commercial insurance are basically 80% overlap. Right. And as we all know, insurance is a very commoditized product or service, which means we typically buy it based on price. And so, because we don't want to be a commodity, we have to change the way people buy something that they're used to buying a certain way. And so for us in the agency world now, if someone's used to buying a certain way, you've got to change the way of thinking. Or you've got to change the information that they have uh, accumulated over the years that might be the wrong information. So I think for me, my personality, my style is um, I do believe I'm empathetic, but I think people mistake empathy for being soft I'm not soft. I'm able to put myself in your shoes, which allows me to say that I'm empathetic and I can understand why you think the way you do or why you buy the way you buy or why you feel the way you feel. But I'm using that information. I'm being empathetic so that I can be helpful. And sometimes, me being helpful means telling you you're being an idiot, right? And so I can be a little bit brash. I can be a little bit blunt, uh, and I'm not afraid to be, so long as I know my heart's in a good place where I'm here to be helpful.
1: Nice. So, what about your internal uh, culture structure? How big is your team?
0: So our team. Well, what's funny is tribe was was real interesting because tribe was a bigger team with yep. decent revenue. Um, this company is way more lean. So we're operating at about $800,000 in revenue per employee, right? So we've got seven employees, so you can do the math. We're doing between five and 6 million with a very small team. Um, and so we, we've, I've kept it tight knit, more consultative, more, uh, or not consultative more because it's a consulting firm. Yep. We do a lot of value-based pricing. So I will never charge someone based off of how many hours I'm putting in. If I can put an hour in and make you $100,000 or a million dollars versus if I can put 100 hours in and make you $100,000, do you care how much time I spent? No, you care about the outcome. And so I've always priced based on the value that I bring, which enables me to have really big margins, which enables me to have um, as long as I know how to drive the value that I can charge as much as I want, so long as I can back it up with the results.
1: Right. So then your internal team uh i i'm i'm gonna just assume you got the same style with your internal team as you do with your clients in that you've got empathy but you're driving with passion and you know tough love if you will 100
0: percent. yeah so for me um i think i'm a little bit softer on my employees because it's a longer play with them um but i uh yes the answer is yes I, i'll yeah. still challenge you and I want to get in your personal life just as much as my business. I mean, having a small unit, I, I know everyone. I know their, their spouses. I know their kids. Yeah. Um, we're a dispersed team. Like, I live here, but I have people in Louisville, Kentucky. I have people in, in uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, um, I've got people all over the place, people all over the place. i got seven people, but they're all over the place. And so yeah. we have a dispersed team. And so it's just a lot of Zoom meetings and and try to get them in person as much as I possibly can. But. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's for me. Um,
1: were uh, you already, were you already remote? Pretty yeah, i have always been.
0: I, I've always, even Tribe, Tribe was remote. Yeah. Um, as well. And uh, I've just always kind of gone that route. I think for me, because I, when I was the VP of sales of that agency, before starting my own thing, um, uh, what happened there was the owner was kind of in between offices when I joined and he actually allowed people to do a hybrid model where it's like, hey, you have an office to come to. And he hired in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I lived. Yeah, You have an office to come to, but you don't have to. And so it's this hybrid model of if you want to work in the office, come and do it. If you don't, great. We have a nice, I mean, I'm in a very nice office building. I own this whole building. It's 5,000 square feet. Um, Now I sublet some portions of it and I have Airbnbs upstairs. So this building makes me money instead of being a liability. But I had this place. So when my team comes in town, we meet here. I have my studio in the back, which I'm in right now. But I also work from home, you know, three or four days a week because I enjoy it yeah. um, and I have a nine month old that I like to be around. So that's that's kind of our style. I want people to feel that comfort. If they don't like working from home or it's not a good setup, I'll just I'll pay for them to have a, a WeWork or some sort of co-working space where they can set up their own stuff to get away from the house. But I don't make any sort of office stuff mandatory.
1: Nice, cool, man. Well, let's talk a little bit more about what, what's the future look like, man. So, obviously, it's been a couple of years of uh, where you're at. You're just launching your first mastermind. Yep, uh, you must have a vision for the next five to ten years. Can you give us a little peek into the inside of where you? Gonna- yeah, man. So I'm. I have gone through a lot in terms
0: of I used to be big into goal setting, and big into like setting quarterly goals and annual goals, and I've actually gotten to a place now in life where I made really really good money i'm still young i've got a young family um, i could technically depending on how you define retirement or not working i, I could never work again and be fine uh, i've been smart with our money i've invested in the right real estate vehicles i've also had the exit which helps um and i have a business right now that's very profitable and does pretty decent revenue so i could stop working but i couldn't mentally that's just not how i am it's not that's, how no built. Fun. that's no fun and so even if I sat on the beach for two months straight, I'd go crazy. And so uh, do I enjoy my vacations? Yes, I'm going on one next week. Um, but I think for me, it's changed over the years to instead of having these big aggressive annual goals, what's really been big for me is picking my next decade. Here's where I wanna be when, I, when I'm here, right? And so for me, in my next 10 years, my goal is to have a a, a certain net worth, which is all, I, I don't track, I don't have a budget, I don't have I don't track our finances. I rarely look at my bank account. I look at my net worth every quarter. Is it going up into the right and is it trending in the direction of where I'm going to be ten years from now or where I want to be? Yes or no? Yes. Great. No. Why? And then I ask that question. Second one, very hard to measure. I want to be happy. Joyful. Right. Which is a really weird goal for people to set. But it's like. If I achieve the net worth of 50 million, which is my goal for 10 years from now. And I'm unhappy that I've lost. And so they, they kind of balance one another. I'd rather be happy than have 50 million promise you that, um, ideally I have both. Right. And the third one also very important to me, also very difficult to measure is I want to be admired for the man that I am by the people around me that are closest to me. So that's my wife, my kid, or kids at the time um and my employees and my my community around me and so if i'm if i'm doing those three things 10 years from now if i'm worth 50 million i'm happy and the people around me admire me for the man that i am not my not my accolades but the man that i am the character that i possess then your boy's doing good and so that's how i kind of think about my next 10 years now what does that look like logistically uh you don't get you know, 50 million just doesn't appear out of nowhere and so i got to be doing some big things um And so for me, where I've kind of gotten to is uh, with my consulting firm, I want to take on two to three big, big deals a month. That's it. Cap it at that. Um, Keep my team super lean, Um, pour a lot of time into content creation because I enjoy doing it. Things like the podcast and building the YouTube stuff and social and, and running paid media and stuff of that nature. Um, And then I want to focus most of my time on the mastermind. So mastermind will never be my greatest revenue generator, but it will be one of my biggest passion plays. Um, And I, and that's part of the happiness thing that I'm going for. So that makes me super happy. I enjoy it. You know, right now the mastermind's making, you know, maybe right now, we're at a a run rate of like 250 grand because it just started uh, for this year, but I love it so much more than the company that does, you know, what is that? That's 24 times that you know and so that's kind of what i'm looking for is is build a mastermind because here's the thing i want to build a community of people that are just absurdly growing because what's going to come from that is a lot of other opportunities i'm going to have agencies that want me on their on their board they're going to give me equity to be an advisor and that's how many to 50 million i'm not going to do it through my consulting firm i'm not going to do it through my mastermind but those are going to be vehicles that enable me to get pieces of other companies that I can ride to my net worth goal. So my real goal is mergers and acquisitions, equity through advisory, and then having a really stable consulting and mastermind.
1: Nice. And the mastermind, you're changing people's life in a way. When, when you, if you do it right and you build and they follow your structure, which is yep. your, your methodology that you're building out. Uh, what do you call it? Your mantra? um
0: yeah we've got our manifesto your manifesto you got your manifesto
1: which drives you know kind of your process and and that is you know i I, because i've seen it the the experience i'm going with i've seen a lot of people change in in 12 months or less and 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 that's where your happiness kind of comes in like you mentioned it's true
0: man we just launched it and i'm already getting a ton of people like man i'm so glad i'm in this group man i i didn't this is over and above what i thought i was paying for this is i mean this is insane i had one guy who Yeah, we had our training call yesterday that I trained on how to how to achieve holistic incremental growth, which outperforms massive growth in a silo any day, all day. And I had him and I talked about this one thing you should implement. And and he went and did it 10 minutes after the call. And he closed a deal that paid for basically his mastermind membership for the next five years. And so he's like, dude, this is worth the price of admission. So that stuff I just love. man. it's a passion thing. It's never going to get me. I'm not going to get wealthy off a mastermind. Um, I don't care to, but it's just, it's so much fun. I do get to have a lot of impact and I get to be like really ingrained in these people's businesses and right. that's there's the, there's the consulting side where like I'm paid to have an impact in a specific way. And then there's the mastermind side where a lot of my like 60 day strategy calls with these mastermind or with these agency owners turns into like, I had a $12 million agency, uh, in, in our mastermind who he had a 60 day call, uh, Monday. And uh it just turned into a big therapy session where like I helped him kind of think through some hiring stuff that he was having a problem with, but I also helped him think to like what do you want for your life, man? Like you, you went from six million to twelve million really fast. Like, is this what you want to do? You know, and, and and it turned into this, you know, what do you actually want for your life? Design your life, then design your business. And uh I just love that. I eat that stuff up.
1: Oh, it's awesome, man. Well, and and this is gonna be the vehicle that's gonna lead you to the ultimate, you know, the connections uh you're, you're gaining trust you're 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 building uh, uh people around you uh no that's great man so is that uh you said you have a nine month old. is that your first uh first job
0: yes yeah so that's our first my wife and i we started a little bit later uh my wife's about uh she's, getting mad. she's five years older than me and so we start a little bit later uh for no other reason than me being a little bit younger than her being uh I was very into my career for a long time. Still am, right? Obviously, yep. I have big goals. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't ready. And so she was kind enough to be patient with me. And and uh now we have a nine month old. So
1: nice. Well, congrats. Well, once you uh, as you build your tribe uh with your with your kids, you know, I've got three, and yep. it becomes the happiness goal, your number number two goal becomes uh, more and more important, and then you start pouring yes. that into them. And so that's awesome, man. I I, I like your kind of one, two, three. Uh, strategy for the next decade. So looking. Yeah, for-
0: and what's funny is the the three that I mentioned are not in the right order. Like that's not the order of priorities, which is funny. People, yeah. are, it, I talk about the fifty million one because that's expected. You should have some sort of financial goal or whatever. So I just throw that one out there. But if I stack rank them, if I'm not happy, if that's that's number one goal, if I'm not happy, I'm probably not going to be the type of man that I should be that gets admired. And then if I achieve fifty million and don't have the other two, then it doesn't really matter. Like that fifty million goal doesn't really matter. But if I can have the other two first and then that one, then I've probably got a pretty sweet life on my hands.
1: Well, the finances leads to the happiness because you got that freedom to do what you want and how you want it and yeah, all that fun stuff. 100%, man. Hey, man. Hey, Joey, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, You know, I've gotten to know you a little bit, you know, via email, um, some of your content. uh, So, uh, you know, it was nice to kind of go a little bit deeper. um, And, you know, we'll stay in contact and on track with uh, your agency and see how things are going. And And appreciate your time man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Have a good one.